Hello and welcome to our listeners. My name is John Houston, and once again, I'm joined by Shabazz Hashmi. Today, we're going to be discussing Google's DeepMind, AlphaGo, and their associated projects. How are you doing today, Shabazz? I'm doing very good, John. Yeah, how about yourself? Oh, perfectly well, thank you. This is a super interesting topic. I learned heaps in the process of researching these systems in preparation for this. So to start off, I'll just illustrate for those who've perhaps not heard much about Go or are unfamiliar with how it works, as I was beforehand. Basically, it is a two and a half thousand year old strategy game played on a 19 by 19 square grid board. It originates from China and is known for its enormous space state complexity. And that is why it has been deemed a basically the holy grail of board games with regards to AI conquering them. It's vastly more complicated than chess and is hands down the most complex traditional board game. I believe it was 2017 when AlphaGo bested the reigning AlphaGo champion as well as all the other champion Go players on planet Earth. So what are your initial thoughts, Shabazz? Yeah, it's insane, right? You think about what we can accomplish with artificial intelligence and these previously difficult things to master. Um, they just seem to be so easily trained to these um, neural networks, you know? Uh, I think they're using um, deep learning, aren't they? Yeah, they're using a policy network and a value network. So the whole idea with this policy network is it selects the next move you want to play. And then the value network predicts the probability of winning for a particular move. It's just so fascinating. Yeah, the thing that I find <laughs> most baffling about the neural network concept is that, well, it's not a new concept. So the idea has been around for a while. And famous board game players have in the past frequently pondered upon how they train at these games since they're children and at some point their strategy becomes more of an intuition rather than a yeah. font of knowledge or a strategy. So that's sort of how they've managed to teach these entities how to play these games, bestowing upon them this sort of human intuition. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's funny. You, you mentioned um, before this that other plays describe this um, entity, let's call it, as an alien or from an alternate dimension. I, best, I bet that this Go artificial intelligence is making some crazy moves that no one would have thought of, right? It absolutely is, yeah. Which is funny. It's almost like the context in which it's making the moves feels a bit off. Do you know what I mean? Because technically, as you said, this has been um, a is it, it's been trained, right? Yeah. AlphaGo, the initial, was trained off amateur players, I think for thousands of games. It used a data set of over 100,000 games as a starting point and then moved on to play versions of itself and improve throughout that process by that method. Oh, isn't that insane? Playing versions of itself. So it's like the AI is using the AI to get better, right? that's insane like just think about that for a second it's like humans are no longer the source of learning for these machines it's it's themselves that's a jarring idea isn't it it's pretty jarring and the later versions of alphago alphago zero 
that's the entire premise of it. So AlphaGo Zero used no inputs from humans whatsoever, and it trained entirely from self-play. The previous version, so the initial AlphaGo, used a number of handcrafted features, meaning that AlphaGo Zero doesn't have any defined inputs from humans such as goals. Go is a very simple game, but complex in how it can be arranged. So to illustrate that, basically it's just you have, you're either black or white team and you can, you can place your pebbles on the board and you want to sur surround the pebbles of your opposing player. And basically the winner is that who has the greatest amount of territory in the end. AlphaGo Zero didn't even understand that to begin with. But Alpha, the initial AlphaGo was told that it was taught this and basically given similar lessons to how you'd imagine a child learns from a master when they're learning themselves. That's insane. And just to think where, where else this could be uh, applied, you know, because like, yeah, like, sure, you're teaching something how to play a video game. Cool. But like, what does that give humanity, right? But when you think about it, it's just not, it's not about the video game or like not even the video game. It's not about the board game, right? This is just a means to showing that these artificial intelligence models that utilize deep learning, like Alpha Go Zero, right? It's deep. You don't have to supervise the model at all, right? So you can use this deep learning model to be able to probably solve other massive problems, you know, because a lot of the time these uh, board games, it's very hard to um, uh, write an algorithm to win them all the time. You kind of have to go off, opt uh, I guess, estimations. I think it may be part of this um, this term we use in programming, uh, which is a non-polynomial, um, an NP problem. Uh, as in, there are so many like exponential number of solutions, right? It's very, very hard to solve it. But if we can get artificial intelligence models to learn how to play these things, we haven't solved the NP problem, but we found a way to get to a pretty decent solution pretty fast, right? Absolutely. Yeah, you were mentioning how, you know, I guess to some it may seem like we're squandering amazing resources to be training these neural networks to be besting humans at board games slash video games. We'll get onto the video games later, talking about Alpha Star, but it's in the, the way I see it at this point is operating via these neural networks is mimicking the human brain and the neurons inside it. Only due to recent advances in computing power have we been able to see that concept come to fruition in the last decade these enormous bounds have been made and who knows what we'll be able to apply that to in the future a, a vast number of different areas of existence like you can think about it right like think about like um some really really hard like optimization problems right so let's say you're trying to make the best decision to stop something catastrophic from happening you could use this artificial intelligence model to be able to show you the right way to go about it, you know? It's very, very fascinating. Imagine a world in where, like, this is, you're using your mind in these games to be able to make a strategized decision and win, essentially, right? Imagine if we have computers or artificial intelligent models 
making better decisions than the humans that initially used to make them, similar to this video game, right? It's not a video game, but like this board game. The whole idea is you can take this problem solving and you can get a machine to do it far better than a human can. Like think about like dispatching ambulance resources or even construction and ways to optimize stuff. It's really, really cool stuff. These things that we've previously thought needs a lot of problem solving and analytics might just be able to done, be done by this. And most people are like, hey, if you want to not lose your job to the computers, get out of like, you know, labor work or something and go do something that's actually, you have to think about it, you know? Computers will never be able to solve the hard problems. But I think that little um, cushion that we all sit on is kind of being moved from under us. <laughs> it truly is, yeah. The space state complexity idea is an important one to understand i think when we're understanding how these deep learning algorithms have learned how to best these games so i have this chart in front of me to illustrate state space complexity describes the total number of arrangements that could possibly exist for either for any of these given games so for a game like tic-tac-toe with nine squares on a board, the state space complexity is 10 to the power of three. But that was beaten by a program in 1952. Connect four has a state space complexity of 10 to the power of 13, and that was beaten in 95. Backgammon has a higher state space complexity, but it was beaten in 79. Chess, we're getting into the big numbers now, 10 to the 47. That was also beaten quite a while ago, though. So this, Go has been a long time up and coming. So the board size has 361 possible places you can place a pebble, but 10 to the 170 is its state-space complexity, which is more than the number of atoms in our universe. Wow. And do you know a fascinating thing about this? I'd love to... Have you heard of Moore's Law before? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, so the whole idea about Moore's Law, for those of our listeners who haven't really come across the term before... Um, the idea is that every uh, few years, um, computers get, I think, two times faster. Um, so you get computers that are basically exponentially getting faster and faster. And that's very interesting because I kind of see a similar pattern here. Um, it's like as time has gone by, the state space complexity that we've been able to solve has gone up. And I'm not too sure whether that has anything to do with Moore's law, but I'd be very fascinated to put these two graphs together and see the trends, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And one other game, Heads Up, No Limit, Texas Hold'em Poker. That's got a state space complexity greater than Go. That was also beaten in 2017. So the most recent development from Google's DeepMind team was Alpha Star. So taking this to the absolute next level, if you think about the complexity of Go, there are a couple of features that make it distinctly simpler to a real-time strategy video game like StarCraft II, most important of which I think is the fact that it's turn-based in Go, whereas you operate in real-time in StarCraft. Yes. And you combine that with the vast number of, of units, buildings, resource management. States, right? You have so many states you need to cater for. So many states. You have this enormous map 
you could put any unit Un- almost unbounded exactly and so they had to balance alpha star so that it wasn't so that it could only react as fast as a human player could react and that it couldn't see the whole map initially it could see the whole map which is a little unfair <laughs> uh, yeah a little <laughs> yeah but so to illustrate goes state space complexity is 10 to the 170 Starcraft 2 is 10 to the 1,685. Whoa, now, like, that's such a big number that even looking at it, it's like, do you know how, like, 10 to the 3 kind of had its... It made me go, wow, that's massive. 10 to the 47 also made me go, oh my gosh, that's massive. And now what we've just said here kind of feels like a serial number with no meaning. It's that big. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. (laughs) And Alpha Star has been beating pro players since 2019 and it's literally a starcraft master that's insane wow and just pondering on that level of state space complexity yeah and the ways that manifests in the game so there are so many things going on at once this computer is monitoring resource collection building new places and attacking and i can now much more clearly visualize how that could be translated into real world applications like these algorithms could be translated into self-driving cars among other things i think that's how a lot of um self-driving cars actually work so i was watching an interview um with elon musk a while back um and they use um they use artificial intelligence so all of the data that your tesla like as you drive around it picks up quite a bit of data and it uses the current driver's driving to train the model. So it's like a massive data farm. So if you have a Tesla, your driving is actually contributing to its general algorithm. It's uh, super, super cool. So we're already seeing it being used there, you know? Yeah, so that's, I guess, very akin to the way in which AlphaGo, the initial version, was trained. But do you know what's super fascinating about this stuff? like yeah it's very cool from a technical perspective but would we trust this kind of stuff to be making the decisions for us because at least with a human when a human makes a decision we kind of rationalize it we ask the human so what what did you think of but like what was the um almost like the uh, logic behind your decision right but now you've got these um, artificial intelligence neural networks trying to make decisions for you and you start going oh, wait that looks wrong Do you know what I mean? It's almost like you have to have complete faith in the model. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess that can be called into question if, you know, the model that you're trying to apply is now being, I guess, transplanted onto an issue that might seem a bit more complex or nuanced than it was trained for. Yeah. And especially when something goes wrong, right? Like when something goes wrong, someone has to go to court or something, let's say a car crashes or do you know what I mean? And it's not even just about the blame, but it's like, what was it thinking? Do you know what I mean? That's that's the weirdest part about this. So it's super cool, but that's going to be very fascinating as these alpha fold type models get applied to real life. Mm. Uh, something I found kind of comforting about it, I guess, is this is designed to emulate human thought processes and emulate the way in which we learn. True. And it basically just uses extraordinary computational power to amplify that, (laughs) bring it to the next level. (laughs) Um, And 
it's been shown that with developing programs that are capable of besting any human board game player and now RTS games, it's just a matter of time until all of these activities are actually mastered by machines and humans cannot perform them to a greater level in comparison. It's insane. It is definitely interesting. See, I'm trying to speculate on what their next what the next step is, but I, I feel like an, a real-time strategy game represents kind of a peak of, I guess, simulatable things they could practice it against. Yeah, I mean... Can you imagine anything beyond that? I mean, you can always generate some kind of simulation with greater complexity, I suppose. Yeah. But it'd have to be tailored to the situation. No, that's what I'm thinking. So you'd have to throw it th- through something, like you'd have to simulate an environment within the computer but the interesting thing is maybe it's already used to what you can do on a computer do you know what i mean sometimes they just kind of need to go out there and use the actual environment you know and see like yeah i can't really think of anything off the top of my head though well one other thing actually yeah before i forget um alpha fold yes that's where they that's where they moved on from alpha star I think they started in 2017 or 18. Um, doesn't really matter though, but basically to to explain AlphaFold, it is essentially using deep learning to improve protein structure prediction, which is hugely relevant. Proteins play enormous roles in everything to do with human physiology and biology in general. Yeah. And to, I guess provide a sense of the complexity of these proteins and the idea of how complicated it is to predict their shape and therefore function because we should possibly think about proteins with regards to they're kind of analogous to those toys that children play with where they have those cubes that they fit through those holes yeah do you know what i mean the cube triangle circles squeeze them through the holes and you learn how to apply the correct shape to the correct hole proteins have these enormously elaborate shapes and thereby have very specific interactions with other molecules and that's how we interact with them within our bodies yeah so for proteins there are generally between 50 and 2000 amino acids and they're an average of 20 atoms per amino acid so we're talking on pretty tiny scales already And that means that there's between a thousand and forty thousand atoms generally. And on top of this, protein shape, structure, and purpose will vary wildly based on the types of amino acids used and in what permutations they are arranged. So, quoting the blog from the AlphaFold team, we demonstrate how artificial intelligence research can drive and accelerate new scientific discoveries bringing together an interdisciplinary team of experts using AI to push basic research forward. Team consists of experts of structural biology, physics, and machine learning to apply cutting-edge techniques to predict the 3D structure of a protein based solely on its genetic sequence. So they're sequencing these proteins without understanding its structure and using that to predict its shape. <laughs> For lack of a better word, that is absolutely insane. <laughs> so it's just like getting these 
a genome is a it's like a scrambled instruction manual that we don't know how to read properly yet. Yeah. We're using machine learning algorithms to be able to do that for us. And I think they're already seeing impressive results, but it's still still in the works. Yeah. But we can see enormous potential in that as well. That would have enormous health implications. Wow. Gosh, it's really hard to even wrap your mind around these things sometimes, you know? It's like what they can do is kind of limitless. Definitely is. So another idea regarding neural networks is that it kind of emulates biological evolution in a way, in that the process involves picking the fittest individuals from each generation, and we can regard a generation basically as a as an idea or current state of the algorithm and each time it will breed a new generation those that generation will go through this series of tests and based on the values that they come up with and how well they perform their associated goals and tasks they'll add random mutations to alter that behavior and then assess again whether there is it has been improved or detracted from. And that sort of process of adding random or semi-random mutations very closely matches the process of biological evolution, which started with single-celled organisms and produced intelligent humans by that very same process. So are you telling me that we're going to be creating humans a 100- hundred? Years down the line, or a thousand, or a hundred thousand. <laughs> <laughs> How do you mean? Like, um, if we're um, going to be, like, you're saying this is very similar um, of the process of biological evolution, right? It's kind of interesting to think, could we simulate that in some way, you know? Could we? I think we can, we can do it in a rudimentary way. Um, I can't remember the name of the YouTube channel, but I've seen basically... It, you spawn these, I'll just call them little entities. They're like these little blob creatures, but you can teach them the idea of scarcity. Um, so you make them fight over limited food resources and that'll teach them over the long run aggression because without that aggression, you would be starved of food and you die out. You can also teach them things like hide and seek. So they're running away from other entities which were otherwise similar but they're predators and thereby teach these little creatures how to evade other creatures so i mean that's pretty complex emergent behavior so it's pretty cool to see that sort of thing emulated i'll see if i can find out what the name of the channel is though yeah i'm giving it a look as well there's actually so much here I think this is termed as evolutionary algorithms. So the whole idea is that they're using AI to build AI. So it's evolving almost. Yeah, and that harkens back, I suppose, to what, well, yeah, we can see how it is not dissimilar to how evolution really works. The video I was referencing is from a channel, Two Minute Papers. It's describing open AI plays hide and seek and breaks the game. So have these creatures who are trying to hide blue team is hiding from red team but they also have these blocks they can move around and so after thousands of iterations 
they learn to manipulate these blocks and also hide these ramps from the other team, which they were using to break into their compound and, and catch them. You know, it's like a little labyrinth. Very interesting. We can put links up in the description of the podcast. Yeah, in the description. Yeah, if you guys are interested in this kind of stuff, for sure, give it a look. It's super fascinating. Do you know about, um, just circling back uh, to the Google DeepMind, um, they've got this, have you heard of the DeepMind Lab? Heard of, I'm not entirely familiar with what goes on in there. DeepMind Lab is really fascinating. So uh, Google has released um, a DeepMind Lab repository, so basically a code, source code base on the internet, um, where you can actually um, use this uh, predefined 3D learning environment to be able to solve challenging 3D navigation and puzzle-solving tasks uh, for learning agents. So you can train your own learning agents with this. Um, it's basically used as a test bed for research and in artificial intelligence. Uh, so if you guys, listeners out there, are interested in giving this kind of thing a go, check out um, the Google DeepMind Lab on GitHub. You can play as a human and try uh, play yourself, or you can uh, train an agent, and it gives you the ability where you can get a ra- random agent, and you can start for um, teaching the agent how to play the game. Uh, it's using a Python API by the looks of it. Uh, so it's super easy to pick up and just give it a go. So if you guys are interested in that, it's, it doesn't look too hard to install. And it looks like they've still um, been updating it up to like 10 days ago. So yeah, it's so crazy that they're, this, is, this perplexes me. Uh, I guess these companies have come to a point where they're like, if we show everyone, we'll probably make far more strides in research then keeping it closed in our own little research laboratories, never seeing the light of day. Open sourcing this stuff will have huge implications for technological advancement, I'm sure. Yeah, and, and the coolest part is that it's based on um, a game engine uh, built by actual game developers. So you can definitely see they're getting... It's not just some um, research project without um, a decent structure to it. It looks really, really cool. Actually, I think I'll give it a go after this podcast. <laughs> Looks so nice. Yeah, how it goes. Yeah, definitely. I've also got in front of me another video from the channel I referenced, Two Minute Papers. AI-driven characters taught how to play basketball, and they dribble, yeah. they dribble like mad, as the title is, but they basically they're able to weave it through their legs <laughs> as they're sprinting down the court, and they do these really bizarre motions with their body as well but through simulating the game and having real tangible physics like all the physics in this simulation are hyper realistic and the net result is they actually look like a real basketball player in the end like they're playing like a pro that's insane and just imagine what would happen like right now within a within software with pixels on the screen that's super cool right but just imagine what happens once we get the ability to throw these into some form of robotics and see these artificial intelligent algorithms train right in front of your eyes like a moving, living, well, not really living, but it feels like it's a living entity that's learning, right? Yeah. You have the T-1000 shooting hoops like crazy. You'll be so intimidated. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Imagine a basketball game with just these guys just running around and just 
can you imagine that dystopian future? You root for two different artificial intelligence teams, and maybe one programmer trains one, and the other programmer trains the other, and you get to see who wins. It'd be interesting, like, because surely they'd be eternally simulating, well, running iterations against one another or themselves using that same deep learning, but I feel like... Imagine it on a basketball court, though. <laughs> yeah. You had some fans on the side cheering for a programmer to steam, you know? That's that's insane. It'd be interesting if they had identical tendencies, the two different teams. Oh, how would that even work? Would you be like, a, like you move right, they move right, you move left? You Would it just be like a live lock, just going left to right, left to right, just trying to figure out what the other team will do? Would they just freeze, have a seizure, and run out of battery? <laughs> <laughs> Remains to be seen. <laughs> Funny idea, though. Calling it now. Robotic basketball games will be all the rage in 15 years. In 15? I'd say 50, but okay. 15. <laughs> yeah, it's super fast. Yeah, have you seen those cheaters? Those, I think, like MIT... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I have. Um, there was also another one. I don't think it was a cheetah. It was like a pet dog. You see them everywhere um, on YouTube, but that might just be because that's exactly what YouTube thinks I'm into. Hmm. Um, let me see. Wasn't it by Boston Dynamics? Yes, that sounds right. Uh, it was Spot or something. Um, you, I, I really love that... the cheetah one because of the way it will, the natural outcome of it trying to move as fast as possible truly emulates the way a cheetah moves. Exactly. Coincidence? I think not. The cheetah got there naturally. Right? But then that opens a whole nother discussion. Are we living in a simulation running on AI, eh? Like, it's... Like we might as well be. There are there are strictly enforced rules in this world, but if you have this construct with these legs that are shaped in that way, there will be an optimal way for it to run at its maximum possible speed. And do you know the craziest idea with that idea? So if we're in an AI, right? Who says we're the first AI world? <laughs> so we could be a few layers deep. We could be a few layers deep because if we're replicating that cheetah stuff on our own, just think about that for a sec. What what are the chances that we're the first one to do it, you know? If time is limitless. I don't know. Pretty minimal, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just speculation, right? Um, but, yeah, no, this new Boston Dynamics dog. They're so cool and so overpriced. Yeah. But it's actually like having a dog run with you. It's insane. And just even the way they've built the dog, it kind of looks like a dog. Just like the angles on the legs, for instance. I feel a bit bad for those YouTube dogs because they have had a lot of practice getting pushed over so that people could make sure they balance themselves. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But oh, imagine the test dogs. You feel bad for the YouTube ones. Imagine the ones that they actually have to test on. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we call that a wrap for today, John? <laughs> I suppose so. Um, very interesting topic and we'll definitely be hitting it up again in the future. Definitely. Much to be said for Google's DeepMind. They've done a lot of amazing things thus far. Bounds going from mastering Go to StarCraft in the space of four years, and now they're trying to predict protein structures and shapes just by sequencing its genetic code. Absolutely crazy stuff. Insane. And seeing what happens um, in the future in this field, I feel like we're just at its... Um, uh, it's, still, it's still growing, you know? It has a bit to go. But I feel like... Give it 10 years, I think we'll make some crazy breakthroughs, you know? Even less, even. Like this StarCraft stuff is, or this um, 
or this uh what's it that google um repository these are pretty new developments google labs there you go um these are actually pretty recent you know who knows what researchers are going to do with this stuff who does well thanks for joining me once again shabazz thank you john and to our listeners have a lovely day cheers for listening in and until next time on Voltech tech talks until next time thank you guys